It's time for the Creative Real Estate Podcast, your source for out-of-the-box real estate investing strategies brought to you by ecospace.com. Now, here's your hosts, Adam and Jason. Hello, and welcome back to the Creative Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Adam A. Adams, the win-win maker, and I want to help you be able to focus on other ways of, of finding income streams, okay? So with Gary Cook, double R, Gary Cook, we are going to really dive into short-term rentals a little bit. This guy, he moved to Colorado back in 1994 because he wanted to be in America's Playground from Pennsylvania. And he was interested in real estate way back then, but it wasn't until 2012 that he really got into saying, I'm going to do this. His first step was buying a really creative deal. This was a property up in the mountains. He wanted to retire there. Not that he wanted to retire now. He wasn't ready now. He just knew that he was planning for the future. Gary Cooks started doing short-term rentals before any of the friends that I know of, right? So this guy has a lot of information. What we're talking about is the three don'ts to successful short-term rental business. The three don'ts. We're going to talk about not being cheap and what that means, not being too eager to fill your bookings, and never don't give discounts, guys. Okay, so we're really going to dive into this. I know we're going to get a lot of value because a lot of you listening want to have a short-term rental business and you don't know how. And that's okay because Gary knows how. He's been doing it for seven years already. Uh, So, with that said, Gary, how are you today? I'm great, Adam. How are you? Uh, Fantastic and excited to have you. I know we're going to add a lot of value to the listener. Um, Take us back to 2012 when you were first buying that condo. What was going through your mind? You know, back then it was just I wanted to have a place in the mountains. I enjoy the mountains a lot. I was doing a lot of snowboarding, which I still do a lot of, and rock climbing, things like that. So I want to have a place up there that I could retire to later on in life. And so I started looking for a deal and I found a good one and just took it from there. Okay, perfect. And that's a very creative deal. So I know we're going to share that when we really get into whatever your most creative deal is. That one, we're going to learn a lot from. I'm really, really very excited. All right. So you have methodically grown your portfolio to five short, well, five short-term and long-term. Four of them are short-term, one's long-term rentals. And you also manage somebody else's short-term rental. But your goal is to get to 10. Why is, why is your goal 10 and not a hundred short-term rentals? You know, I've done the math and it looks like uh, 10 is about what I would need. Maybe 10 rentals of my own plus maybe 10 under management should replace my current salary from my job. And at that point, I'll be able to retire easily and, you know, not have too much work to do and spend my time on the slopes. Okay. And, and I miss sharing this with the audience. You're a snowboarder, you're a rock climber. That's what you love to do. You want to be able to retire. It was in 2012, you, you were an, in IT, an IT professional, and you still are a full-time IT professional, which is really good to note for the audience because there's a lot of people that are full-time doing something and they don't think that they can really get into this business. They're telling themselves, I can't do that because I'm full-time, but your story is really going to be very inspiring. So you started that in 2012 and now you own five rentals. Where are all the rentals? They're all in the Grand County area of Colorado. So think Winter Park, Granby, and, and you've nailed it down right there. And I like your strategy. You have a two-part strategy when you purchase these properties. Number one is it needs to? It needs to be. Cash flow. 
Cash flow, yes, sorry. <laughs> yeah, and then, and then what else? What was the other I thing? Forgot you what I told you earlier. <laughs> uh, and I only remembered because I wrote it down. But you said you said it has to cash flow and it has to. It has to. Um, I forget. Did pay you? the mortgage. I'm sorry. Pay the mortgage, yes. There you but, go. But this okay. is perfect. No, because this is important. This is something that a lot of people aren't paying attention to. They're, they want to buy it. They want to buy it for appreciation. But right. you, yeah, you or, or they want to buy it cash and not have a mortgage. Them off. Right. Yes. And, and to me, that's not a concern. I'm not too concerned about paying them off because, you know, I have a lot of short-term rentals, a lot of people that come in, I have a lot of repeat business. You know, those people end up paying that mortgage for me. If it can do that and cash flow, I'm not too concerned about paying that mortgage off. That's not really my goal. So I can wait and do that over time. I love it. I love it. And you, and so you're not in this to become like a, a 50 millionaire. You're in this for lifestyle, which, which I love because I have both people on the podcast and frankly, I'm the big business kind of guy and I just want it to be as big as possible. Um, but frankly, I know that your way is the right way. We need to focus on on building a lifestyle. There's no reason to get any bigger than we need to get. You want to be able to pay your mortgage. So let's get into the three don'ts. If somebody's listening and they want to start their own uh, short-term rental business, what do they need to focus on? Number one is don't be cheap. What does that mean, Gary? So don't be cheap. What I mean by that is, you know, You've got to have systems in place to do this, especially if you want to have the lifestyle where you're not working. And if you're trying to do this while doing a full-time job, I mean, you know, I can't have two full-time jobs and have time to do the things I want to do in life. So this job has to be automated. This business needs to be automated. So to automate things, you've got to pay for, you know, like property management system. A good property management system can make or break your business. So don't be afraid to do a little research, figure out which one works for you. And then spend the money on it. You know, you're going to have to spend 50 or 100 bucks a month on that. And don't look at that as, well, I don't want to pay that extra. That's coming out of my cash flow. That will help you earn more cash flow in the long run. Okay. So, what if I buy a, a, CR, um, a property management system that costs 150 a month? Is that 150 a month per um, short-term rental that I have? Or if I buy it once, can it go with like all six or 10 of my rentals? So generally the way they're priced, at least the ones I use, are per property, but it's a much smaller amount. It's 10 to $15, maybe $20 per property. And then there's add-on features if you use or don't use, like I do property management for other people. So then I use a property management piece added on top of that. That's another maybe 10 bucks. So that's why I said the range can kind of be anywhere from 50 to, well, it can go up from there depending on how many properties you have. Love it. All right. So... Let me try to streamline this for the listener who's saying, okay, Gary's telling me that I need to go and research and figure out which one I want to do. But I've got Gary right now, right here in front of me, and he's already done a lot of the research. So which one do you use and why? You know, I use a product called Owner Reservations, or okay. Owner Res for short. And I use that because I, like I said, I did some research. I, I piggybacked off other people's research. I looked at comparisons and things online and figured out what the three best ones were. And then I started trying them out. And of those top three, two of them I found didn't have all the features that I needed, but owner res did. I 
did a trial of it and they'll usually give you, I don't know if it's two weeks or a month free trial. And then um, during that time, the support was just fantastic. I mean, these guys that have written this, they're like me, they're in IT and they do short-term rentals on the side and okay. they weren't finding what they needed either. So they built it. And so, you know, I've already, I've been using it about a year now and I've given them some suggestions that, Hey, you know, this would be really helpful. And, you know, within a month or two, I see that feature ending up in the product. So I'm really Got it. about that. All right. So the second don't, the second, so first don't be cheap, spend money on property management, spend money on systems or else you're going to have two full-time jobs and nobody can do that. Right. Number, number two, don't be too eager to, I put, Oh yeah. No, I, I thought I put the wrong two in the Facebook, but there's two twos. Don't be too eager to fill the bookings. Now, let me ask you, um, obviously you have a short-term rental business and you only make money if somebody's actually in the property. So why would it not be in your best interest to go ahead and pick the first person that says they want to do it? Two reasons. One is there's always somebody else that's going to come along and rent the place. If you've, if you've positioned yourself correctly, if you've bought the right property and you're in the right place, then you're going to have, you know, a high occupancy rate. Um, it's a little bit harder for people that maybe are doing this in, an, um, let's say an urban area uh, like the city, you know, I'm up in the ski area. So I've always got people, I know when my slow seasons are and when my high seasons are, and especially during high season, somebody else is always going to come along. So the reason I say don't be too eager to fill your bookings is because, and this will actually feed into this, the third don't, which is don't give discounts. But, you know, you've got to be cautious sometimes about who you rent to, not overly cautious. I see a lot of people, I, I work with a lot of people on Facebook groups and things that are overly sensitive to who they're renting to and they want to see a picture of their driver's license and things like that. That's taking it too far. Okay. But, if you're not feeling good about somebody that wants to rent from you, you get a, you know, like a little feeling, I don't know, this sounds like a party ready to happen. It often is, you know, go with your gut instincts, maybe not rent to that person, wait for, you know, uh, the couple that's celebrating their anniversary or the family that's taking their kids to, to learn to ski, you know, so don't be too eager to just pick the first one that comes along. doesn't mean the first one's, you know, not going to be great. They might be, but the, the thing is, if you're not sure, don't be afraid to say no. Let me ask you a question. Are you using like uh, VRBO or Airbnb or one of those other uh, companies that yes. book this for you? Okay, you are sure. using that. Several of those, yeah. But, but you've been doing this since 2012 and I don't know that Airbnb has been out that long, have they? I Honestly, I believe they have, but uh, they weren't that big back then. Well, what did you do in the beginning? Like, were, were you just doing this on your own or did you just have a long-term tenant? No, no, I started out short-term. Um, and in the beginning, I used VRBO and then immediately started working on my own website. And then the challenges that I had getting people booked through my own website is what led me to start looking for the property management software, especially as I grew my business and had more properties and had more people that wanted to book direct. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. And then you said that the second um, immutable law, <laughs> the second law of don'ts is not to be eager uh, to fill the bookings you don't have to just get them filled out. You can wait for the family that wants to teach their children how to ski 
uh, and that led into the third one, which was not to give discounts. Um, and that, that's another thing is like, I know from all the times I've ever used a short-term rental that, that the people who run these short-term rentals say that the prices go up and down. And a lot of, uh, some of them say that they always take discounts and some of them say, I will never take a discount. And um, some of the ones that say that will never take a discount actually tell me that even if it's at the highest price, um, they're actually still getting it full anyway. And some of the ones that say that they're taking the discount, it sounds like it's because they have to. So my question for you is, is the reason why you're able to like posture yourself up, is it because of the location you picked or is there another reason why you're not giving discounts? No, I don't believe it's because of the location. And in okay. fact, let me rephrase. I do give discounts to return customers. In fact, I you know put that in my guidebook. If you come back within a certain time, here's a code that you can use and we'll give you a discount. So I do give discounts to people. I do not give them when they are asked for by a first time customer, when they just come out of nowhere and say, Hey, I want to rent this, you know, a month from now for the weekend. Can you work with me on the price? Well, you know what? I really can't because we have a lot of demand throughout the year and we're, we know we're going to fill it at the price that we're asking for, which is a competitive price based on what we see from other short-term rentals and hotels in the area. And quite frankly, I believe that our amenities are much better than what we're seeing from our competitors. So I don't feel a need to discount. Now that doesn't mean I shouldn't be a nice guy and just give them a discount anyway. Right. But what I have found is that in the vast majority of cases, those people that do ask for discounts right off the bat are the people that require the most work. So I'll get the most phone calls. I'll get the most emails. They really take time away from, you know, this active investment that I'm attempting to make passive and they make it more active. And that's not what I'm after. Got it. We do have a few listeners right now on the Facebook platform. So I want to just mention to you, if you have a question with somebody who's been doing vacation rentals, short-term rentals for a long time, probably one of the most experienced people we'll ever run into guys, Put your comments, your questions below, and I'll make sure to ask him before we hop off of this live. I have a question while we're waiting for those other questions to come up is you mentioned that you're not worried about it. Like it's a month from now and you know that, you know, as time gets, gets closer to the time, you'll feel it anyways for the price that you want. And you're not worried about it because you have amenities that, frankly, your competition doesn't have. So, I just wanted to specifically ask you, like, what amenities do you have and why? Oh, that's a good question. So, well, we provide, um, let's see, we provide toiletries for everyone, um, complimentary. Um, we provide coffee, um, snacks, things like that when they check in. Um, we have... One of our units has a hot tub right off the master bedroom, which is a really nice amenity. Um, you know, we do a lot of things like decorating all of our units to match. So no matter which one you go with, I mean, we have a lot of people that say, hey, I was with you last year. Is this available this year? And I say, well, no, it's not, but I can put you in one of our other properties. And when they get there, it looks a lot like the property they originally stayed in. So it feels like home to them. You know, our, our, our rentals feel more like home 
rather than just somewhere that, you know somewhere that you're you're bedding down for the night and then you're going to get up and have adventures in the morning but you know that's key as well is the adventures that you're going to have the next day so we provide more than just a place to stay we also provide a guide that says hey here's the fun things to do if you're interested in hiking go check out these trails if you've brought your dog along to some you know we have several uh, properties that are pet friendly you know, here's where you can take your dog on a hike, or here's where you can take them to, and here's where you shouldn't, where they're not allowed, and et cetera. So you don't have to find that out as you go. You know it when you get there. Okay. What's the biggest mistake you've made this entire journey of yours? Like you're doing all these uh, short-term rentals, long-term rentals in your real estate career. What's the biggest mistake you've ever made? You know, probably going back to don't be cheap, which was when my first deal when I first bought the unit. I said, you know, I'm, I'm a pretty handy guy. So I said, I want to do the uh, remodel myself. And, and I did. And um, I did it on the weekends and it took me about a year. And then I put it on the market and started renting it out. Knowing what I, two things, knowing what I know now, one, I could have made a lot more money if I'd gotten it on the market sooner and, and I hired it out. However, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty, right? Well, not always, because also knowing what I know now, it's really hard to find good help in the mountains these days. Mm. Um, you know, I bought that unit at the bottom of the market in 2012. A lot of trades people moved out of the mountains at that time. There wasn't a lot going on. There wasn't a lot of real estate deals being done. And a lot of those people still haven't come back. So it's really difficult to find good help. It's time for the final five. So we're going to take a quick break for the sponsor. We write back. This episode of the Creative Real Estate Podcast is brought to you by both you and brought to you by the show itself. And we just wanted to say thank you, Jason. I really appreciate having you as a listener. And we have an ask. We've got a quick ask. If you have uh, been listening to the show for a little while, you love the show, and you haven't taken the time to leave a rating and a review, I just wanted to ask to see if you wouldn't mind uh, going into iTunes and doing a written review as well as a rating. Um, so that's our only ask. Let's get back to the show. Gary Cook, what's the most creative deal you've ever done? You know, I'd have to say that the first one that I did was the most creative. You know, I, I was up there, like I said, it was the bottom of the market. I wasn't thinking about that, though. I was just looking for a place for myself. And <laughs> at that time, they were asking about $100,000 for this condo. And there was another one uh, that was came up for sale. I looked at this on the weekends. I, I must have looked at it four times over over a, over a year period, over 2012. And I couldn't decide on it because I wasn't sure if I wanted to do the remodel work. And finally, another one came up that was bank owned. It was in the same complex, but it looked out on the other condos. It didn't have the view that I had. It wasn't on the corner. It wasn't as you know nice once it was, but it was already remodeled. So I went to the seller and I told him, I said, look, this one's $15,000 less than you are. So it's already remodeled. I wouldn't have to do the work. I need you to come down $15,000 less than where they are. And after a little hemming and hawing, they went for it. Nice. That's awesome. And then um, what other details on that can you think of that you kind of went out outside the box to get a deal done? Is there something else you can think of? You know, um, I guess what I would say is that, again, being that the market was slow at that time, you know, and it, real estate is cyclical. There's always going to be a time when the market's low. I'm not 
trying to say anybody should try and time that because that's a fool's errand. But if you can hit it, when you do hit it, then you can always finance later, refinance later, pull that money out, use that to do new deals. And that's what I've done. What's a book you recommend? You know, I would like to recommend probably The Wealthy Barber by David Chilton. It's it's an older book. You don't hear a lot about it. I don't hear a lot of people recommend it on podcasts and thing, but you know, it's a quick read. It speaks in simple terms. Um, it stresses the importance of retirement planning through mutual funds and real estate. And you don't often hear a lot about that. I mean, I meet a lot of people at meetups these days, younger folks, especially that are thinking, you know, I'm just going to invest in real estate. That's where all the money is. I don't need to be invested in anything else. And they end up not investing in anything because they're waiting for that money to come along to make that first deal. And they don't all the while they could be earning, you know, 5% free money when they're 401k, when they have a company match, but they ignore it. And I think that's uh, I think that's a misstep. Love it. So where were you five years ago? If you could just paint the picture of where Gary Cook was five years ago, what, what, what was it looking like? What was your ambitions back then? You know, five years ago, I was finishing up that remodel on that uh, first vacation rental and, and getting it set up on VRBO like we talked about so that I could start earning some cash flow. Got it. Where will you be five years from today? Uh, hopefully hitting that goal that we talked about earlier. You know, I'd like to have um, double the amount of properties that I have now and maybe 10 more under management. And I think that would be enough to fund my lifestyle. Awesome. And just five years. That's, that's really great. How do you give back? You know, I volunteer my time uh, when and where I can. Um, two of my favorite activities, I would say, are uh, the Great American Beer Festival. I volunteer for that. That's held at the Colorado Convention Center every fall. And then in the winter, I work for uh, National Ski Patrol. Cool. And if somebody wants to learn a little bit more about these uh, short-term rentals, reach you, find you, what's the best way that they can do that? Uh, you can reach me at Gary with two R's at Sasquatch.vacations. Perfect. Gary, double R Gary at Sasquatch, say the rest? Dot vacations. Dot vacations. So, okay, that's why I was confused. There's no dot com for anyone listening. It's Sasquatch.vacations. Perfect. Gary at Sasquatch.vacations. Gary, you've had a lot of value to the podcast. Thanks for coming and sharing your expertise on the podcast. And until next time, my friend, think outside the box. I've got Thank you so much for listening to the Creative Real Estate Podcast. And if you got value from this episode of the podcast, please take the time to leave us a rating and review on iTunes. Give us a written rating and a review. We'd really, really appreciate it. I'm going to let you go, but until next time, think outside the box.